Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again. Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. And as always, my brother Cooper joining me. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. How's it going? Good, man. We just finished watching the NFL draft, so uh, we got some wrestling talk to talk yeah, about. Yeah, man. The NFL draft was uh, quite crazy this year. A lot of a lot of big moves from some teams, dude. Yep, and some disappointing things happening in L.A. So Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but we'll get to that on Tuesday, but first we got to talk some wrestling. Let's do it, brother. Far, starting up, we have Monday Night Raw. The first match of the night was supposed to be a tag team match between Mason T-Bar and Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre. But first, Strowman decided to take on Mason T-Bar by himself in a, in a, in a two or a one-on-two handicap match, winning by disqualification. And then Drew McIntyre would come out and math, uh, Mason T-Bar would actually defeat McIntyre and Strowman via a countout. So despite being slated to team with McIntyre, Monster on Men looked to make a statement by going it alone. After Mason T-Bar began teeing off on Strowman, the Scottish Warrior came running to his aid and set up for the originally scheduled showdown. The Strowman Express got rolling, but an inverted clothesline by McIntyre derailed the offense and resulted in a countout loss for the unlikely alliance. So, Cooper, your thoughts uh, on the unfortunate situation for Strowman and Yeah, I think maybe Strowman maybe had, had, you know, bit off a little more than he could chew. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he is, you know, don't get me wrong. You're gonna get these hands if you go against Strowman. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I, uh, yeah, I think that uh, it makes for a good tag team. Him and him and Drew McIntyre. Right, it would actually make a real so good. So I, I think that they should keep pursuing this. I think it would be cool. 
Um, and even if that means it, it brings Braun Strowman back to that, you know, that title contention type thing mm-hmm. where, you know, they tag up for a little while and then they end up going at each other or they end up saying, well, I want a title shot, I want a title shot, and it's like a triple threat mm-hmm. for it would be cool, I think. Yes, sir. Of course, then uh, they do actually face each other with later on in the main event on Monday night. Strowman getting a chance to enter into the t- uh, championship match. Hey, that backlash. So see that—that's how you—that's how you know Cooper hasn't watched wrestling in a couple couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that's my bad, dude. Yeah. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit. All right. Damian Priest in the New Day joined up to take on the team of Miz, Elias, and Jackson Riker. An A-list musical uh, display was met with a second act from, of Rotten Tomatoes from Damian Priest, uh, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods. The news they made sweet music of their own, but the devious tactics of the opposition kept them kept them on their toes throughout. After an incredible aerial display from Kingston and the Archer of Infamy, Wood swooped in for a swift inside cradle to pin Jackson Riker. So, could be your thoughts. I mean, hey man, do what you gotta do, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it is what it is with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Damian Priest, new day, get it, All right? It'd be interesting to see if Priest ends up teaming, uh, forming an alliance with the New Day moving forward. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, it's always good to make alliances in the in the locker room, and and uh, he's a new guy on the roster, so he's he's making his way out there to be the baby face, which which is cool. But I think Damian Priest would be better as a bad guy. Right. <laughs> All right, so Charlotte Flair's unhinged attack on WWE official had earned her a hefty fine and an indefinite uh, suspension, but Sonya Deville apparently had plans of her own for reinstatement. Appearing to act separate from the direction of WWE official Adam Pearce, Deville brought out Eddie Orango, or, or, or Orango to allow the Queen to make an apology and receive her reinstatement. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you can't put your hands on a, an official, but it doesn't sound like she really cares. So. No. It, it's it's Charlotte Flair, dude. She does what she wants when she wants. Yes, sir. So, uh, you know. And to get Sonya Deville on your, on your side is a helpful way to get back into the good graces so that we can continue to compete. <laughs> yep. So. All right. Umberto Carrillo fires back at Sheamus' latest open challenge. After last week's beatdown of Humberto, Sheamus once again rolled out a United States title open challenge. New week, same result as Carrillo once again answered the call and this time was prepared for the Celtic Warriors' early onslaught. The message had been sent and Carrillo left Sheamus irate and out of sorts behind the announced table. So it sounds like it didn't go Carrillo's way in winning the championship from Sheamus, but at the same time he made a statement to Sheamus. Yeah, man, uh... I mean, what what better way than to get the champions, you know, attention? And uh, looks like he got it. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe we'll see see a title match down the line. All right. So, all right. So we have a new incarnation of of an RKO team. That would be the incarnation of rated R, or not rated, but RK Bro <laughs> as Randy Orton. Uh, no, it's not rated. As Randy Orton and Riddle team up and took on. Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. The incarnation of RK Bro sent shockwaves throughout the WWE Universe, and the debut of Riddle and Randy Orton as a tandem did not disappoint. Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin's seasoning was the advantage early, but the Viper and the original Bro got rolling and teed, a, teed up a floating Bro for the win. 
Yeah, man. I mean, this is this is good for for Riddle, dude. I mean, to team up with with one of the greats, one of the best, and I, you know, you say what you want about Randy Orton, but uh, if you're learning from him, dude. That means the WWE's got good confidence in you as well. So, right. uh, let's, but I, I'd watch Randy Orton. You never know. He he can he can strike on his best friend. So you never know. Right. Well, it's not really that uncommon. Ever since he got <laughs> ceremoniously dumped by Evolution, he's been the one that keeps uh, keeps his. Uh, friends close, but even those he considers his enemies closer. Yeah, so thanks, Evolution, for, you know, giving us the Viper, because the Viper is just, he, he strikes whenever he feels like. So. That's right. Whenever he feels that you he's running his course of you, he will dump you first. Before yeah, we didn't even get to see Art, uh, rated RKO. Mm-mm. I mean, we thought we were going to get to see a reunion of that, and he one. he <laughs> dumped, he dumped that pretty quick. Yeah, that went right out the window yeah. fast. I was like, dang it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we had a team of Rhea Ripley, Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler taking on Oscar, Naomi, and Lana. Rhea, Lip, Rhea Ripley and Nia and Shayna walked in with all the gold, but Oscar, Naomi, and Lana were looking to make their title aspirations clear. Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke emerged to continue their crusade against the WWE Women's Tag Champions as. A splash attack left the Baszler drenched and Jackson embarrassingly slipping and sliding outside the ring. Lana nearly stunned everyone with a near fall of Ripley, but the women's uh, champion responded with a riptide, tagging Jax for a leg drop and the victory. Yeah, this is like power versus, you know, finesse. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what's going to happen there. So, I mean, you know, I I, I don't just... Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke and, and you know, and Oscar just not not enough for them, dude. Not enough. Well, and Naomi and Lana. Uh, what was it? The, the match started with Naomi, Lana, and Oscar, and then Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke interfered in the match. Oh, I got you. I got you, yeah. Yeah. But still, you know, Rhea Ripley, Nia Jax, Shambaza. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Yeah. It was just, it was too much power to, against the finesse. All right, Charlotte Flair took on Mandy Rose. After earlier reinstatement, the queen was matched for a showdown with Mandy Rose. As Rose excelled as the aggressor, Charlotte Flair turned her frustrations on the official <laughs> Eddie Orango again. That nearly resulted in a defeat, though Flair channeled her anger and rocked Rose with a natural selection for the victory. Sounds like Eddie just needs to stop being in the... Stop getting, stop getting in the way, damn it. Stop yeah. being in the matches that Flair get, get her a different referee. She'll be happy. Yeah, or she'll try and blame it on that referee. Yeah, so. then there's that. So th- this is becoming an interesting storyline, to say the least, I guess. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Use, use the pretty boy referee and, and do and do, it, do a uh, storyline with him. That's what they're doing. Basically. All right, so the main event is Braun Strowman versus Drew McIntyre. Strowman gets an opportunity, if he wins, at making it a triple threat match for the WWE title. At Backlash. So as Braun Strowman looked to battle battle past Drew McIntyre for the spot in the WWE Clash at Backlash, the almighty WWE Champion headed down to the ring to make his presence felt. The Scottish Warrior put on an unreal display of strength with incredible slams and suplexes of the giant superstar, but the strength of the monster among men had the final word. Attempted interference from Bobby Lashley, MVP Mason T-Bar allowed for Strowman to regroup and smash a running power slam on McIntyre 
for the high stakes victory. So, Braun Strowman now enters into a triple threat match for the WWE title at Backlash. Did I call it? Did yes. I call it before seeing it? I called it. You called it. So it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be good, dude. Yeah, it's going to be a good way for uh, uh, the Almighty Bobby Lashley to retain his title too, because <laughs> he's got two guys who are going to be bickering too much about each other. That's exactly how he's going to do it, and that's that's the only thing that sucks. And plus, now that it's a triple threat match, and you got Mason T-Bar always lurking, and it's now no disqualification. No disqualification. He's got all yeah, the he's leverage. He's got all the leverage on his side. Yep. Yep. It's all like, right. what the heck, dude? It's going to make an interesting backlash. Just never freaking changes. Backlash, if you're unaware, does take place May 16th on Sunday on Peacock. Now, we're going to move on to... And remember, watch it from the beginning... Or watch it on time, or you'll have to wait a day. Yeah, or wait till it ends. Or wait till it ends. Because you cannot start from the beginning when it's midway through. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, well, and what sucks the most about that was when we were watching WrestleMania, it was like, you know, we thought that, you know, maybe it, it had already started, but, of course, the rain delay and whatnot, we could have actually just sat there and watched it. Right. So... All right, so are you ready to move on to AEW's Dynamite? Let's do it. For the second week in a row, surprisingly, AEW did not start with a tag match. As FTW champ the machine Brian Cage with absolute Ricky Starks taking on Adam Hangman Page. Team Tag jumped Hangman as he was making his entrance. The Dark Order came out there to even up the odds for Page. Cage would powerbomb Hangman, uh, Hangman on the ramp. Cage then would chop at Page and hit him with a belly-to-belly suplex. He would manhandle Page into the corner turnbuckles and then surprise him with another over-the-top suplex. Cage would take Page to the outside of the ring and hurl him into the steel guardrail. Cage would pick up Page and drop him directly on the ring apron. Cage shot a half-Nelson for a near fall on the hangman. Cage attempted a standing moonsault press, but Page managed to lift his knees in time for, for a counter. Cage wasted no time, though, with a thrust kick to Page. He suplexed Page for another near fall. Cage charged at Page, but Page ducked it, sending Cage to the outside with his own momentum. Uh, Page then would crash down with a spectacular moonsault onto Cage on the outside. Page tried for a buckshot lariat, but Cage was able to um, scout it, counter it with a power bomb, and then a buckle bomb. Cage then connected the Drill Claw City and pinned Hangman for the victory. Your thoughts. What can you say, man? He's a machine, dude. I mean, it is what it is, but, uh, you know, I mean, Brian Cage is huge. Mm-hmm. That dude is big. And Adam Hangman Page, he may have some grit, but there's no way he's getting past that dude. Right. So, you know, there wasn't any real. Well, I mean, really? You could take Adam. Adam Heyman Page might be able to beat him. He might be able to, but it'd have to be in a different circumstance, I would think. It probably would have felt that they didn't ambush him right before them, yeah. taking, before Dark Order was able to come out and help him out. Uh, yeah, but I still think that he wouldn't have beat him. So If it was a straight-up fair fight at the beginning? You know, yeah. Probably not. Because, you know, you got to think about it. I mean, you got to think about... The the size difference, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. now, if it was like a no, no disqualification or something like that, 
I give it a Adam Hangman bitch because he could do whatever the hell he wanted. Right. So. <laughs> Weaponry would be exactly helpful. It'd be helpful. Yes, sir. All right, so we're gonna move on with a tag match between two brothers. Well, not me. Two brother teams. There we go. Let's say it two right. Two brother teams. That's, that's right. We got Matt. And this is real brother teams. That's, that's what's right. up. So we got Matt and Nick Jackson, uh, the Young Bucks, taking on Matt and Mike Seidel. So Matt and Mike, uh, <clears throat> Matt Jackson and Matt Seidel locked up. Matt hit a cross chop on Mike's windpipe. Mike then would sweep the legs out of sweep out Matt's legs and use the standing moonsault press. Nick Jackson though would tag in and then Matt Seidel joined the fray with a tag. Matt stretched Nick and then the uh, Seidel brothers used stereo drop kicks displaying tremendous tandem offense. Mike Seidel ate a super kick from Matt Jackson though. And then Matt clotheslined Matt. <laughs> That's weird. Matt Matt clotheslinings. <laughs> Matt just uh, on the ring. Matt, both Matts to the mat. Oh. Yeah. Right. Matt Seidel, though, would spring into the ring and nail Matt Jackson with a brain buster for a near fall. Matt and Mike Seidel used stereo uh, meteoras. 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 And Matt and Nick on Matt, but Nick Jackson made the save for his team. Matt Seidel rocked Matt Jackson with a question mark kick. Matt Jackson was able to counter Matt Seidel by dropping him with a knee first on the top rope. Uh, Matt then used a blatant low blow a la Johnny Cage on Mike Seidel. The Bucks finished off Mike Seidel with a BTE trigger and scored the pin. Mm. Ooh, sounds like it was a good back and forth match. Sounds like it was a good back and forth match, but it sounds like somebody cheated to get that W. So, mm-hmm. what's up with the uh, the the young Bucks here lately, brother? Uh, the Don uh, that uh, Don Callis uh, from Impact's been kind of getting inside their heads lately about how they are supposed to be teaming with uh, Kenny Omega. Yeah, them kind of. Just, just storylines, interesting, man. That's that's just how it goes sometimes. I, what do you think about this, like, like Impact and AEW mashup? I mean, I I really do like it. It reminds me of kind of old school, you know, when New Japan Wrestling and WCW used to hook up and do matches and and different kind of you know pay per views and things like that. Yeah, it, it's intriguing uh, um, quite a bit. It's a little weird, though, to have, like, Kenny Omega being the Impact champion and AEW champion at simultaneously. That's a little odd. Yeah, I think eventually I've heard rumors that uh, that uh, Tony Khan might be in the process of buying Impact. Well, I mean, that would be a great way to push your competition against the WWE even more because then you could actually run two separate shows with full um, complemented rosters. Right. Uh, and you can, I mean, you could either you could call it AEW, you could still have it Wednesday Night Dynamite, and then Impact's show could just be the Impact show under the AEW brand. Yeah. And call it AEW's Impact Show or whatever. Um, of course, then... Yeah, Wednesday Night Dynamite and then, like, whatever, Impact... I think it's uh, I think I'm not sure because I haven't watched. I think Impact's on I Tuesdays. I haven't watched Impact in a long time, dude. Not since you know AJ Styles, Samojo, all of them left. I was just like, right. to me, I mean, I understand it. It's a good independent type company, and uh, you know, I I hear that Samojo may now be on the brink of going back to TNA. 
and back and with TNA and AEW doing their mashup, there was mm-hmm. talk that he may sign with AEW and then still go to Impact, and it'll be like he's gonna be like the guy that starts the whole AEW and Impact War type thing. So, mm-hmm. right. of course, then uh, Dynamite's gonna have um, some decisions to make because Turner Broadcasting is. I'm going to be home of the Wednesday night um, hockey season starting next year. So Impact's going to be on. I mean, not Impact, but uh, Dynamite will probably be on the move. It'll be either on the move to another night, which wouldn't be bad. Yeah, it'll be on the move on another night. So, so maybe, could we possibly see the Monday Night Monday Wars? Night Wars? <laughs> Ooh, baby, what's that? Can we have hey, that maybe that's night? maybe that's the juncture they're at. Is the fact that they're trying to. To uh, maybe Tony Khan's doing some things, trying mm-hmm. to get both companies so that when they do switch nights, they have a big enough roster to compete and a big enough brand to compete. All right. All right, man. So we're going to continue on here with uh, Penta L Zero Medio versus Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Orange Cassidy. Freshly squeezed, too. Freshly squeezed, dude. This guy is funny shit sometimes. Right. Orange tried to place his hands in his pockets, but Medio wouldn't allow it. Cassidy removed his sunglasses and tossed them outside the ring to Trent. Uh, Orange placed his hands in his pocket and used an arm drag on Medio. Medio smashed Orange right across the knee with a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. Uh, Orange Cassidy managed to do a roll-up on Medio with a crucifix for a near fall. Medio intercepted Orange's... Uh, uh, Topesuda, suicida. I mean, with a one hand, with one hand, and then slammed him onto the apron. Back in the ring, Cassidy um, would try to turn the tables with a diving crossbody. He attempted a, t- a DDT, but Medio stopped Orange in his tracks and dropped him with a textbook brainbuster. Orange fired back up, or fired up, but Medio countered with an orange punch and then pancaked him with a packaged uh, pile driver. Medio stomped on Cassidy's shoulders. They traded thrust kicks in the middle of the ring. Cassidy pulped, pulped <laughs> Medio with a beach brick for a near fall. Pulped him, huh? Man, dude, the writing in some of this crap. I'm like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> you pulped him. Yeah. I mean, freshly squeezed, pulped him. <laughs> I prefer my orange juice with no pulp. Actually, I like pulping my orange juice. This <laughs> just. Wow. Anyways, Medio ran across the ring and smashed Orange Cassidy with a thrust kick. Cassidy, though, would hit uh, the stun dog millionaire out of nowhere and then connected with a diving DDT. Orange would also use a spinning DDT, but somehow Medio would kick out of the ca- of the pin. Alex distracted Cassidy, but Orange managed to waffle Medio with Alex's microphone while the referee wasn't looking, and Cassidy would pick up the victory. Koopa, your thoughts? Like I say all the time, sometimes it is that outside interference that, that, that you know, is all the difference in the match. So, you know, he got yeah, the yeah, win on it. So. All right, man. So next up, we had the Mad King, Eddie Kingston, taking on Michael Nakakazawa. Nakazawa. There we go. Nakazawa. Nakazawa. Say the dang name right. Kingston came into the ring and said he wasn't having any part of this. I don't know. Oh, then Kingston would call out Kenny Omega. Nakazawa bludgeoned Kingston from behind with a laptop, though. Kingston dropped his elbows on the back of uh, Nakazawa's head. He followed up with an exploder, then a back fist. 
Uh, Kingston put Nakazawa's ankle in between the chair and threatened to break it unless Omega came to the ring. Omega said Nakazawa knew what he signed up for. Kingston ordered Brandon Cutler to the ring instead, but Moxley ran out. Moxley applied the sleeper to the AEW champion, and then Kingston placed Omega's ankle in between the chair. Kingston told Don Callis that he'd break Omega's ankle unless Callis agreed to a match between Omega Omega, Nakazawa, and Kingston and Moxley next week, and Callis agreed. Ooh. Using leverage, baby. I love it. That's so awesome. It's going to be a good match, dude. Uh, you know, old John Moxley is one of my favorites, so, and I, I hope he eventually gets back in that title contingent. I know that he's he's done with uh, Renee Young being pregnant and mm-hmm. you know he's gonna be a daddy soon if he's not a daddy already so all right all right so next up we had chris statlander with orange cassidy versus penelope ford with kip sabian statlander power slammed ford she would then follow up with a military press dropping ford onto the canvas ford missed a knee dive when chris rolled out of the way kip distracted chris this allowed penelope to boot statlander and then drop a, a diving knee uh, they traded forearms in a slugfest until Statlander used the backheel uh, trip lariat combo on Ford. Statlander then smashed Ford with a blue thunder bomb for a near fall. Uh, Ford came out of nowhere with a flipping neck breaker on Statlander, but Statlander managed to kick out. Statlander hit a solar eclipse for a two count. Penelope Ford caught Statlander with a heel kick. Penelope went for a handspring elbow, but Statlander would counter with Big Bang Theory, and it was enough to finish off Ford for the victory. Sounds like it was a pretty good match, dude. Back and mm-hmm. forth pretty much all the way. Counter for counter type thing. Right. I mean, hey, you ain't got nothing to say about it other than it sounded like it was a good match. Yes, sir. All right, so next up we had another tag team affair. This time the Nightmare Family, the Natural, Dustin Rhodes, Billy Gunn, and Lee Johnson taking on the Factory, QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Nick uh, Kumaroto. The Nightmare Family and the Factory would brawl all over ringside to begin the match. Billy got kicked by QT from behind. Nick uh, Komarodo tagged in and used a backbreaker on Billy. Nick squeezed Billy with a bear hug. Dustin would tag in and delivered a shot after shot to... I'm just going to say Nick because I'm tired of trying to say his last name. But Nick answered with a running clothesline. QT and the Factory took turns working over Dustin with quick tags. Lee Johnson tagged in and hung uh, Solo out to dry with a neckbreaker. Johnson connected with a blue thunderbomb, but uh, Nick made the save for his team. QT Marshall, Marshall ran in, but Johnson dumped him out of the ring. Anthony Ogogo pulverized Lee, uh, Billy and Lee with, a, with punches. QT Marshall pinned Johnson after Ogogo's thunderous punch. Austin and Colton Gunn ran in and sent QT Marshall retreating. The American Nightmare Cody Rhodes surprised QT Marshall by exiting the Nightmare Express bus. QT and Cody battled on top of on the roof of the bus. Cody applied a figure four on top of the bus and QT tapped. Just announced for next week, it'll be Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall. Sounds like it was some uh, some craziness, dude. All all out war going on there, right? All right, it did. It's interesting to say the least. So next up, we had TNT champion Darby Allen with Sting taking on 10 from Dark Order, who was accompanied by the Dark Order. This is the main event. Number 10 was handpicked by the Exalted One, Mr. Brody Lee, said Excalibur. 
10 backed Darby into the turnbuckles and allowed for a clean break. 10 knocked Darby hard into the mat with a shoulder tackle. Darby, though, would grab with a headlock, and, but 10 overpowered him with a backbreaker. Darby caught 10 with a right hand to the jaw. Darby would escape a powerbomb attempt and use a dr uh, chop block on 10. Darby jumped off the turnbuckle, but 10 deflected Darby with a stiff shoulder. 10 stopped Darby in his tracks with a spine buster. 10 would then drop Darby with a single arm powerbomb. Darby overcame, uh, or came over the top, though, with a stunner. Uh, Darby attempted the armbar, bending Ten's uh, fingers back. That's hard to say. <laughs> Until he was able to lock it in. Ten, though, grabbed the ropes and forced the ref to break. Uh, Ten would then roll to the outside, and Darby followed him. Ten hoisted Darby and rammed him into the steel barricade. Ten would take a moment and have a stare down with Sting, which is never a good idea. No. Darby, though, would drop a, a flipping dive onto Ten. Uh, the Dark Order moved in, but Sting backed them off while this was transpiring. Ethan Page jumped over the barricade and rammed Darby's head into the steel post. The referee didn't see any of this when it went down. Ten used a wheelbarrow, a wheelbarrow until a German suplex for near fall uh, on Darby Allen. Ten would then try to lock in a full Nelson on Darby, but he countered, ripping Ten's mask and then uh, gouging Ten's eyes. Ten would finally lock in a full Nelson, but Darby pushed off the turnbuckle and managed to pin Ten. After the match, Scorpio Sky ambushed Sting, applying a heel hook. Ethan Page then jumped back in and continued the assault on Darby Allen. The Lance Ar then Lance Archer and Ten ran off Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. So it sounds like total chaos on uh, Dynamite, brother. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we all know. D <coughs> Excuse me, Darby Allen is uh, he's a He's a scrappy little dude, so, yes. uh, you know, I know, I'm glad he got the win on this. Yeah, we'll see what happens with him, man. Yes, sir, we will, definitely. It's going to make for an interesting uh, next couple of weeks as they oh, get yes. ready for um, their next pay-per-view. All right, are you ready for SmackDown? Let's do it. All right, so first up, we had Bianca Belair and the Street Profits taking on Bailey, Darth Ziggler, and Robert Roode, also known as the Dirty Dogs. SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair and the Street Profits overcame Bayley and the tag, uh, tag team SmackDown Champions Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode in a six-person mixed tag match, putting the clinic of tag team excellence that culminated with an earth-shattering springboard splash for Montez Ford. I saw the highlight. Ford got up again, man. He's incredibly yeah, he's dude. Whew. That dude is crazy, man. Yeah. He got up on, he pulled himself up on the top rope, used the top rope as a springboard leverage, and just went, I don't know how high, but he got way up there. It's unbelievable how much Man, some, he gets. some of these guys anymore, it's like the things they do, I'm like, what? It's kind of like, I, I know he's a smaller guy, but he gets up, right? Yeah. Look at, look at guys like Keith Lee, they're huge. You can do the things they can do now. I mean, it's all athletic, athleticism, dude. It's nuts. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, if uh, Montez Ford does, and the Street Profits don't make it as um, WWE guys, they got a chance at AEW because they're high with Montez Ford's Either, high flying. Yeah, capabilities. man. He'd fit right in over at AEW. Just saying, but. Hopefully they can just stick with WWE. Hint, hint, because we want to see some good tag team <clears throat> matches there. Yeah. Huh. Not like we don't really see good tag team matches on AEW. Basically when you almost have entire shows that are tag matches. But. Right. All right, man. So next up we had uh, Natalia and Tamina taking on Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. 
Following a backstage sneak attack by Natalia and Tamina of the Queen of Spades and the Irresistible Force, the determined tag team scored a huge non-title victory over the WWE Women's Tag Champions. In their first tag team showdown against the title holder since WrestleMania, Tamina hit the Superfly, Superfly Splash to pin Shayna Baszler. So, Natalia and Tamina making a statement. Makes a statement, brother. Yeah, yeah, they're ready for them tag team titles. Mm-hmm. And I still think that they have a chance, dude. Of all the teams that are trying of to go after them, all the teams them, yes. that are going after them, yeah, they have a chance. I mean, this is going to be incredible, though. This might end up being um, a hard, uh, not a hardcore match, but a uh, a hard match because who do you pick? I mean, other than Tamina and Natalia, obviously, but you got three total tag teams going after the women's champs right yeah, now. Yeah, man, it's like they're just they're they're dodging bullets right now. Is what they're doing. So. Yeah, this is going to end up probably being an eight eight an eight women tag. Um, tag match that ends up being, you know, a fatal four-way or whatever the tag title. The only thing I don't like when you get these many tag teams involved in one match, mm-hmm. usually they end up retaining off of something stupid. I would just love to see, though, a um, a tornado tag match. Uh, a ladder, tornado ladder tag match. Oh, yeah. That would be I cool, miss man. those matches. I have all these women with the ladder match titles hanging yes, up. Let them all go crazy yes. on each other because this would be it'd make it more fun. It would because then yeah. at least if the tag women or the tag champs retain, they really have they to earn have it. to earn it. Yeah, they really earn it. Yeah, they don't get lucky; they earn it. <laughs> so that's what I would like to see that happen. I'm just saying, hint, hint, WWE, if you're actually ever listening to any of our podcasts. Yep, please do. Right? All right, so next up, Big E took on Apollo Crews. Moments after Big E would hit the big inning on Apollo Crews, Commander Aziz prevented the title-changing pinfall when he pulled the powerhouse of positivity out of the ring and hurled him into the ring post to bring an abrupt end to the highly anticipated Intercontinental title rematch. Mm. This soon brought Kevin Owens into the equation to get retribution from the beatdown he suffered last week until Sami Zayn entered the fray as well and ultimately helped to create a numbers advantage that would leave both KO and the uh, re-engaging Big E on the canvas. When Zayn held on to the Intercontinental title a little too long and attempted to befriend Cruz and Aziz, the Intercontinental's champion loyal bodyguard blasted him with a Nigerian nail. Woo! Yeah, chaos knows no bounds. Yeah. I'm telling you. And there's always chaos when Sami Zayn's around. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, sometimes I think he creates his own chaos. He he thinks everybody's out to get him, but I think he's his own own worst enemy sometimes. He tends to be, he does, really. All right, so Roman Reigns takes on Daniel Bryan in a Universal Championship match, and if Daniel Bryan fails to win, he is barred from SmackDown. In an extremely hard-fought Universal Championship match, Roman Reigns would ultimately make um, Daniel Bryan pass out to the guillotine to effectively bar the leader of the Yes Movement from SmackDown. In the wake of the heartbreaking loss, Reigns would continue his brutal assault. This aggregation ag- aggression brought Cesaro to the rescue, but after Jey Uso emerged to stop the Swiss Superman and tied him up in the ropes, the head of the table hit a departing Daniel Bryan with a vicious concerto as Cesaro was forced forced to watch helplessly. Um yeah, they're they're totally making Roman Reigns out to be the biggest bad guy you'll ever see. And uh 
for those of you that don't know, we all know that Daniel Bryan's wife right now is pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it's probably getting close to having her baby. So right. it, it's kind of Daniel Bryan's way out for now. He might not come back to SmackDown, but we'll, we'll see him on Raw. Probably see him um, on Raw. And we could see him go over to NXT because they've been doing that. And... Yeah, I, that, that, don't get me started with that. That's just like, uh. Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> I mean, I, don't, get me wrong, don't get me wrong, dude. I was so excited when NXT started. And I was like, dude, this is so cool. I love the developmental feel to it. Uh, and, you know, I think I even had said I wanted to go to Full Sail and actually learn, you know, from them and maybe get involved with wrestling. But mm-hmm. the way they have it set up now, I mean, it's kind of like... Trying to make it a third brand by itself. It's, it never worked. I mean, it's not that they don't have good superstars on there. It's just that, you know, at some point you want to see Adam Cole versus Seth Rollins or Adam Cole versus, you know, somebody else on the on the roster. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. It's like Damian Priest finally being called up. Right. I mean, WWE, Raw and SmackDown are your main brand. I mean, I don't care what they try and do with NXT. It's still the still the developmental place. Mm-hmm. And to see Finn Balor over there is just like why, right? Other than he, it's probably because he doesn't have to do too much, <laughs> right? Um, before we go out, um, wanted to quick give some quick thoughts real quick on the situation that's been developing since the release of Mickey James. Uh, Mickey James, if you haven't heard, um, showed that she was kind of a little bit disrespected by uh, having her locker um, effects put into a garbage bag and sent to her. Um, the uh, person who was involved with that, though, um, was fired. But then uh, she went on a podcast recently to state how it, it wasn't really the fact that her stuff was sent to her in a garbage bag, but she kind of feels that's how her whole this last run with WWE kind of felt was just her uh, homage to how it was basically her last run was garbage. Um, she's of course said that no one um, in the higher ups um, mistreated her. It was just the fact that she felt like she was kind of ignored about a run. She talked about ageism and sexism. Basically she didn't think it was too much sexism involved, but more of the ageism of how women yeah. over the age of 35 are treated, where you get the men superstars who come back like Edge, you get Goldberg, and they they get close to a title run or title shots. Or just get title shots out of nowhere. They yeah. show up and then they get one. It's like, what is this shit? And I, I understand, like, for me being an older wrestling fan, mm-hmm. I like seeing stuff like that. But as far as the females go, you're right. They are mistreated because just because she's older didn't mean she couldn't come back and actually kick ass and be, you know, the champ. I mean, when Mickey James was in TNA, dude, she was just phenomenal, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, every time she's been in the WWE, it's like lackluster, lackluster, lackluster. And I'm sorry, but... Have you not seen the matches between her and Gail Kim? Right. Some of those matches were like, oh my God, dude. So to to have her come back to the WWE and not give her a real push 
and then push her out like that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they fired the dude, but it still says a lot about what people thought about her last run there. Exactly. And it was totally not very... And I can understand. Because I get, I do get the side of the fans who are who are newer generation from after us that are like, we're tired of these old guys coming in and get these title opportunities. Yeah, but see games. the difference. The thing is with the newer generations, and I'm sorry, but these kids are entitled, dude. Right. Well, I was just saying though. But so I kind of do see their their point. But my point is, is our point is you got to be fair. Yeah. I can understand though. You didn't have to make Mickey James a champion. But and because you didn't make Edge a champion, and, yeah. we, and we understand that. But you sure made the storyline really good. She could pull any storyline that you wanted to make any of those women, current champion or not, or making up to lead up to a champion. But she could put over anybody. Oh yes, she could, man. She was very good at putting over anybody, and she would have done that instead of she was always made to be out a lackey. And then what, she, the yeah, last three she, years, we really never saw her. She really reminded me of like a female version of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I mean honestly, dude, she mm-hmm. was just badass. And for her to go out like that, I hope you get to go to another company and you you kick ass, girl. Right. You know, kick ass, take names, take titles. I don't care. Just right. just do it. So uh, Whatever you plan on doing, we hope you it ends up being what you really want and but it's just, works out well for you. And, I, and I'm sorry I say that about the younger generation, but I, I really do feel that way. I mean, I look at even my own kids, and I'm like, dude, you guys, you guys have no idea. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. Like, they're always complaining about, you know, tablets and video games, and it's like... <laughs> We were kicked outside as kids. We were told to go play. Go, you know. And my kids will go outside. Yes, they'll go play. But then they're out there like 10, 20 minutes. And I'm hot, Dad. I'm bored. I'm bored. Can I play video game? No. Go play, you I'm know. It's like, videos. I love you guys. But you guys need to learn to have fun outside. Hell, I remember being, you know, outside till you know. It almost got dark, and your dad whistles at you because you're nowhere near the house, and you're riding your bike down, you know, down the neighborhood, and just mm-hmm. just be a kid, dude. You know, there's there's too much, and then the wanting something right now, right now. You know what I mean? And thinking that everything you ask for, you're gonna get it. It's like no, sometimes you gotta earn that stuff. All right. So, All right. and uh, definitely, she's one of those ones that earned. Yeah. a bit more respected in that aspect, especially since they used, didn't even use her for, like, what was it, about a year and a half the last hour? Yeah, it was like, what is going on with this? And obviously, um, she when she didn't mention anything on that podcast interview about her being hurt, so it's not like she was, you know, you know, holding off on because of injury or anything, so it's not like yeah. she was just basically not used, and it was just ridiculous. Because you could have easily used her for anything. You could have used her to make... Um, you could have used her if you wanted to to actually kind of build up Rhea's wrestle, uh, wrestling um, more, to make her more legit. Relevant. Legit, yeah. Because I mean, I mean, she kind of got thrown I mean, into she, the title. She is, though. I mean, I mean Rhea, yeah, Rhea Ripley is. You could have pushed but, her up to that. Yeah, you could have. You could have easily pushed her into it more and really make things go, oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Oh, I know. I, know. I, I see what they do with, like, Natalia. She's like the leader of the locker room and I get it I get it she's 
she's very talented and her her dad was Jim the Anvil Nightheart, but at the same time you got people like Mickey James who's been in the business longer. That deserves more respect. Right. It doesn't matter that you come from a wrestling family. If you're in that locker room longer than anybody, you should be respected more than anybody. That's right. Everybody did it with the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. You know, you should you should do it with that. It doesn't matter, male or female. It doesn't. And um, you know, you and I have kind of talked about this with with the way women are being paid as far as. WNBA and things like that. And women's soccer. And women's soccer. And there's just a lot of mistreatment to women in sports that should not be happening. Right. Because I'm sorry if my daughter ever wanted to get into anything, I hope that she's respected. Yeah. No matter what she does. Right. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're in 2021. Everybody needs to stop with the the sexism and racism and all that other stupid stuff that goes on nowadays. Right, and ageism and all that bullshit. So, I mean, so, you know, we'd like to hopefully, like hopefully said, hopefully she gets right back with the company and shows up. Oh, she'd be awesome in AEW. I mean, it'd bring prestige to that women's roster, too. Yeah. I mean, I hope hope that's where she goes because... There, there's been a lot of talk that, you know, the, the women's division over there has been a little bit lackluster. And they're showing signs of of glimmers of hope where they're getting better. But, yeah. you know, you need somebody with, with you know, more, I guess, uh, veteran. And you need a veteran in there. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, All right. So on that note, I think we'll go ahead and just say, uh, be done with that um, wrestling talk though was pretty good this week yeah man it was fun that's right we're getting ready for the pay-per-view coming up may 16th oh yes wrestlemania's backlash it's kind of weird wrestlemania's backlash why not just call it backlash it's <laughs> like I'm, I'm not getting this but especially since you know you don't even have bianca Belair taking on sasha banks she's taking on bailey for the champion yeah there's no real backlash there I, backlash i would think there's gonna have rematches and well i mean for the most part it's gonna have some of the rematches yeah though you're adding a, another one in the wwe championship mm-hmm. triple threat match I'm guessing if we're having this backlash crap, that at some point Edge then must be returning to take on Roman Reigns, aren't we? That's something, man. Because especially now that he just barred Daniel Bryan before the pay-per-view, we don't even get Daniel Bryan. Which would be cool, though, because then you get that one-on-one. Yeah. So. Which we were supposed to get, <laughs> but we didn't get because they kept giving Daniel Bryan shot after shot. After shot, after shot. Anyways, we won't go on that. We love Daniel Bryan. I we don't do. know what you're talking about. I just like giving him a hard time because <laughs> he's vegan and earth friendly. Oh come on! There's nothing wrong with vegans and earth friendly people. And you know what? When the you tr- make that you know title the, look like crap, you know what does? the truth of the matter is? It's good for you know. Do what you do. Do what's good for you. If you like doing stuff like that, then go for it. No more earth friendly titles, though. I mean, as far as me being, you know. A part of a mind and fitness program, I had a choice between a, a vegan diet and a non-vegan diet. I went with the non-vegan diet only because I don't really, like, I've never really tried it. I mean, I guess I could, but I just kind of like, I don't know, man, that's, I like my meat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Me too. So, Me too. 
All right, so be sure to tune in tomorrow because we will have baseball basketball talk. The return of LeBron James went lackluster last night. Uh, that was a little sad. <laughs> that was a sad sad night for me yesterday all around the Lakers and my Rams. Yeah, the draft wasn't that great. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, good Lord. And of course, I'll have my uh, rant about what happened last week in Major League Baseball. And of course, we'll have baseball talk. And then, of course, Tuesday, we recap the NFL draft. We also talk about the race and everything else we can. Oh, actually, no, wait. I don't think there's a race this weekend because it's Mother's Day weekend. No, Mother's Day weekend's next weekend. We're fine. We have a race tomorrow. Yes. We'll have and then Thursday, we have Worldwide Sports Talk where we talk all things sports. Yep. And we probably recap the uh, Kentucky Derby. Yes, sir. We will recap the Kentucky Derby on uh, Thursday. And, of course, we'll... Talk about the official new add-on team to the NHL. Oh, you love this team. Yeah, I do. <laughs> because I want to release the Kraken. Yes. <laughs> and if you don't hear that in the arena, you have failed miserably. <laughs> right. I want least, a shirt that says, release the Kraken. Me too. But we'll talk about that, of course, on Thursday. And then, of course, next Saturday... Uh, will be another week of wrestling talk in the weekend after that. And the next following Saturday, we preview Backlash. Yes, it's going to be fun, dude. Yes, sir. It's going to be fun indeed. So we cannot wait. So that will do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports.